Hey everyone, as you know, this week is our Ask Me Anything episode. Volume 2, might I add. But before we start, I want to thank you all for sending the questions in. I'm amazed by not just the variety of questions you asked, like why did I wear a bunch of Rick Owens for a while, but deep questions such as my thoughts on the importance of mental health in the fashion industry. Seriously, this was a ton of fun, so I had to bring my good friend Herm on to help with all of it. Let's get to it. Andrew Hermida, what's up? Hey, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, I'm super glad you're you're here doing the doing this AMA with me, hey, or help or helping me with this AMA. Anytime, man. I was doing nothing today, so I'm glad to have a reason to get out of the house, put some pants on. That's that's not true. You're doing lots of stuff. You're for, first off for for people who don't know who who Herm is or Mr. Andrew Hermida, um, is one of my oldest friends. Shout out to Brian Davis too, and Noah, and, and the crew. But um, Herm and I. We lived together for a long time. We've known each other for like well over 10 plus years. Mm. You know me really, really well. And also, if you listen to some of the earlier, earlier Blamo episodes, Herm was on quite a bit because you would, you and I would chit the chat about lots of different stuff. Yeah. Remember yeah. that? I mean, we talked about like comic books and just, yeah. Like, I remember one time you tried to give me like some like fashion, like, you know, credentials. And you're like, yeah. oh, you just went to the store to buy some clothes. And I was like, I did. <laughs> Wait, when was this? It was like I bought. It was like an engineered garment sample sale. Oh yeah, and I, shout out Angela. What up? Yeah, I remember you were like, all right. So it's it's a fashion it's a fashion podcast. So I need to give you something that shows that like you're into fashion. So he just went to a sample sale. I was like, I sure did. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, you went to the EG sample sale. Man, all right. Well, let's let's jump into some of these questions because we got a bunch of questions. Some of them are pretty good. Some of them are extremely thought-provoking. Uh, other questions, well, I'll, I'll be honest, we couldn't get to all of them, but I think we, we chose a good amount that's, that's a good range. Um, all right, Herm, let's do it. What, what's, what's our first question? All right, first question. I do want to throw this out there real quick. Please. So, so I, I looked over some of the questions beforehand, and some of the words are words that I don't use regularly. <laughs> so if I sound like a total idiot... Just know that I, I read books. So yeah. Anyway, side no, note: no one's going to doubt your intelligence if you have trouble pronouncing <laughs> some obscure fashion brand. But you know, when like you're trying to, when you listen to something on a podcast or like a TV show, and they're like, "What's that question?" You're screaming out the answer yeah. to them. I, I know that's going to happen quite a bit today. <laughs> anyway, I just want to throw that out there. You're fine. Question one. Yeah. What do you actually do to earn a living? Oh, okay. So this this was a fun question because. Honestly, I would say like seven or eight different people asked me the same question in some shape or form. And a part of me felt really good. And the other part felt kind of bad. So the truth is, I basically live off of the podcast. This is what this is what I do for a living talking to all the many Blamo fans and listeners and guests and having the time of my life. Um, But before that, uh, I worked at a like very, very briefly post-Armory, I worked at a creative agency for a bit. And now I help out with the creative agency like a couple, you know, maybe like a day or two a week. Um, But primarily, yeah, I live off of the podcast. So when people are always asking me like, oh man, I love the podcast. Like, what can I do to support it? Uh, Keep listening or else I'm going to go broke. And... Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is it and it's, it's the time of my life. And honestly, I don't think I would get to do it if it wasn't for all the folks listening. Um, but yeah, no, this, this is it. So enjoy. Uh, yeah. What do you, I don't know. It's the truth. What's, what's the next question? Wow. Keep listening, everybody. (laughs) Put a roof over this man's head. Yeah. All right. Next question. Are you still into tailoring now that you don't have to dress up so often? Yes, of can, course I am. Can I break the fourth wall real quick? The fourth wall? Yeah, is that, yes. am I saying it right? right. Yeah, fourth you're wall. fine. You, we are both in our underwear right now. <laughs> We're just relaxing on the couch. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Uh, yeah, no, of course. I'm, I'm totally still into tailoring. Um, I still wear tailoring. Shout out P. Johnson, which I love quite a bit. Um, but no, I mean, I think that that question was probably because when I worked at the Armory and other places, I had to wear tailoring a lot. But 
little did they know, a lot of my time at the armory, because I wasn't really on the sales floor, I was in the basement doing website stuff, I was also down there wearing Kiss rock concert shirts <laughs> and old camo hunting clothes. So uh, yeah, peep the old Instagram to see me looking like a clown all the time. But yeah, I mean, I, but yeah, I'm still into it. Um, yeah. What's I remember up? you wearing that like... It was a Yanni t-shirt. Yeah, Yanni. Every time I'd go visit you, I was like, you wearing that Yanni shirt. Well, the, the, the truth was, to, to jump on Yanni for a second, Yanni, the, the Greek god, um, <laughs> I, I loved Yanni just because uh, Live at the Acropolis really reminded me of like my parents and watching the PBS special. It, it wasn't, I mean, a part of it, obviously, yeah, was like, oh, this is kind of funny and ironic, but it wasn't like... You know, you're wearing a Megadeth shirt and no one knows. And like, what's what's a Megadeth song? And you're like, uh, that one, that one that that one that really hits. <laughs> wow, that's you know, that's actually really smart because I was just thinking as we were talking about this, I was like, I know the name Yanni, but I don't know one Yanni anything besides yeah. the T-shirt. Yeah. So you could have been like, oh yeah, the Banana Plane. That's my favorite Yanni song. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, yeah. uh, dude, Live at the Acropolis is just like it was probably. Just this incredible show, and like the 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 sidebar Yanni thing is like he was super like animated and theatric whenever you know because Yanni wasn't like this like singer you know he was basically like you know like this musical genius like composer and really yeah like conductor and I mean he he was a multi instrumentalist but obviously he you know he could more or less it was like his arrangements and things like that that Yanni was like super good at anyway I, I'm sorry I. I... I thought we I got Raffi in my head for a minute and I was like, he's a composer. Raffi the, the kid like singer. The kid singer. So I apologize <laughs> to all the Yanni fans out there. And Raffi. I'm sure there's quite a few Yanni fans who listen to this. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, throw up your t shirts, wear them for the blend. Shout out shout out if someone wants to start a Yanni podcast at me. Uh anyway, what's up? What's the next one? <laughs> uh next question. A proxy buying how to, please. Okay, proxy buying. I assume that question is about trying to buy things in not in the place that you live. So a lot of people back in the day, like when you and I were living together, I would proxy Visvim. This is, I don't know, well over like 10 years ago. Um, I would proxy, and I would also trade some of this stuff. So what, what that person is asking is um, a lot of people want to buy brands like Double Taps or Visvim or... Um, you know, any other like obscure, usually a Japanese brand, but you, a lot of it's Japan release only. Like actually Seiko Watches does a lot of Japan release only. Um, and there's a ton of proxy services. I would say the best one is um, Steven from Stylistics Japan, who has his own, he has like his own sort of proxy guide. But I had met him, I think through Super Future. This was a long time ago. But um, yeah. His name's Steven, Stylistic Steven. A lot of people have used him. Uh, Gian Deleon of High Snob, I think, has used him before. Um, Steven Mann, you know, other recent uh, uh, Blamo guest, you know, the awesome stylist Steven Mann, he's used him too. But I think Steven's, like, so close with Visvim now that he can just, like, reach out to him. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, the, the guide is more, I don't know, find a proxy service that you like. I mean, Steven's really good. Um, there's another service called Suto Corp, which is based out of Japan, and they will get you anything. Like, Steven will basically go to, of Stylistics, will go to Visman for you, he'll go to Real McCoys, he'll go to Double Taps. Um, he, like, basically has connections at a lot of those places. He's in Sendai, um, so that's not Tokyo for people who don't know about Japan. Um, but Suto Corp is in Tokyo, and they will go to Beams, they'll go to anywhere um they'll go to a grocery store if you want um but you basically they have all these different charges and surcharges based around um like the travel and the distance that i have to that they have to go to get it then there's a, a flat rate that they'll charge and then they'll ship it and box it up um it's it's pretty wild actually that's incredible yeah it, so well, i mean one... your wife's from japan you were just there yeah maybe i should have picked up some stuff for people well you did you offered to get me some capital but I did. I could have. I could have surcharged you. Yeah, you could have. Well, let's see the mileage, and then nah, I would have gotten it for you for free. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so yeah, that's that's um, that's proxy services. But yeah, it's it's kind of a, a weird world. But um, yeah, you. It's. I mean, if you want to get ultra rare stuff, 
but I mean, it, you know, the world's pretty pretty small these days. I feel like it's relatively easy to get it. But is is that like? Excuse my ignorance. No, you're fine. Is it like when like the kids line up for Supreme or something, or is it like it's just something that you can't get in your area, so you have somebody just walk into a store and get it? Um, I mean, it's a bit of both, but I don't. A lot of the kids that are lining up to buy Supreme these days uh, are basically selling it locally or selling it in the U.S. Um, but I mean, I used to wait in line at Bape to. Because I, I had met a guy on Superfuture who wanted the U.S. releases of Bape, and I would pick up the U.S. releases of Bape, and then I would trade with him with Japan releases. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was fun, but I was, you know, 22. Yeah. That store, man. <laughs> I, it looks like a spaceship. Bape? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Bape's uh, it's, it's a wild shop. That's, that's many moons ago. But anyway, what's, what's our next question? Uh, all right, so we did the right, next nope. question. Johnston's of Elgin or Lauro oh, Piano Piana Lauro Piana Lauro 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 Piana Lauro Piana. Pardon me. No, you're fine. Um, so Johnston's of Elgin. I assume they're asking about cashmere. Johnston's of Elgin makes cashmere. Uh, well, I'm sorry, they don't make cashmere, but they they buy cashmere and they make sweaters. They um, then you have Lauro Piana. I mean, that's Johnston's is not as big as Lauro Piana. So I'll. Very, very quickly, sidebar. If you're not familiar with Laura Piana, Laura Piana is a brand, but it's a brand that's owned by LVMH. Um, but Laura Piana started out as wool traders. like So it was basically like a family-run mill. But Laura Piana has more or less grown over the years to be, you know, you have Laura Piana and you have VBC, which is like the other uh, like Italian fabric company. And Laura Piana is more than a brand. It's more than a fabric distributor. They also have stakes in these like cashmere farms that are like in Mongolia and like, you know, different areas around Asia. Uh, Johnson's is not. So I'll just leave it at that. And this is not like, Oh, mic drop, but it's just like Laura Piana is huge. I mean, Johnson's is still relatively small compared to, um, compared to Laura Piana and also Laura Piana, like they have Vicuña. They have Vicuña, which is like the rarest, you know, wool ever. It's usually like from South America, like Peru and like Chile. and Like a special sheep? Uh, I think it's a yak or a cam- No, sorry. It's not a yak. It's like a camel. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, technically a Vicuña is a Vicuña. Um, so it's its own, but the, it's very controlled by the country and it's, you only like shear it at certain times of the year and there's a very limited amount, but it's. It's the softest, warmest, most durable, you know, five-star everything. Um, but yeah, like Fred Astaire was really, you know, he would always tell people that the first thing they should invest in was a Vicuña overcoat. And just, you know, like a Vicuña overcoat, like say you want Vicuña from Laura Piana, it's like $70,000. So pocket change. Yeah, pocket change. It's, it's all, all the podcast money I, I Oh, making. dude, I was going to make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Got the sweet podcast cash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, so Laura Piana all the way. Johnson's is great, but I mean, I, I love Laura Piana, period. So yeah, them all the way. It just reminded me of a story, dude. Like when I read Johnston's of Elgin, it reminds me of, man, we must've been like 24, 25 years old. Pringle of Scotland? Yeah, dude. (laughs) So for everybody, I like, you know, I, I put on... I don't know what I was doing. I was going to a wedding or something. I put on this tie I had. It was this gray tie. And I was like, do I look nice? And you, Jeremy, man, like jumped out of the couch and you were like, oh, Pringles of Scotland. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? And you're like, oh, the tie. So and I was like, oh, I guess so. And of course it was. <laughs> but it was just like this ongoing joke that we had for years. <laughs> just like Pringles of Scotland. Pringles of Scotland. That's right. Shout out Pringle. Um, they got nice ties. Yeah, I mean, they got they they also make sweaters and stuff too. Do they really? Well, I mean, they did at one point. They were like pretty big in the seventies. Pringles of Scotland will always have a special place in my freckly heart. Pringles of chips, <laughs> yeah, those <laughs> Pringles of chips. Okay, next question: When, how did you pivot from being interested in clothes to wanting to make them lucrative? That's a okay. That's kind of a tough question because I don't think I ever like wanted to like make to to quote them back like to make it lucrative. It's more of just like, I'm interested in clothes. I'm obsessed with clothes. I'm obsessed with talking about clothes. I mean, hence starting a podcast, hence writing about it, you know, earlier. 
Um, it's more of like, how can I keep doing this? And then you're like, oh crap, I think I have to pay my electric bill at the same time. Or like, I have to make sure I can feed my daughter and take care of my family. And so it's not so much about like, I want to make this lucrative, but I think, you know, to, to expand upon that just slightly further, it's like, okay, what is something you love to do? You know, like, okay, well, how can you do that and how can you keep doing it and what is it going to take? I mean, obviously, we, you know, when we started out, someone, you know, we had all these questions about people asking what I do for a living. And I'm like, yeah, I do the podcast. It's not, I mean, it's definitely a bit of a sacrifice, you know, like I, I, if I stayed in the creative services field, it could probably be far more lucrative. But like, if you really, really love something, which is what I do, I love doing the show. I love, learning more about clothes. I love meeting all these amazing people. Um, then it's like, okay, well, how do I find a way to continue doing it? So, I mean, I, I hope that person, whoever asked it, doesn't mind that response because it's not like, I mean, obviously, do I want to make a lot of money? Yeah, who doesn't? But at the same time, it's more of just like, I love this so much, but I have to continue living and taking care of my family. So, I mean, obviously, that's why we do ads, you know, but. um yeah. So, I mean, it's a, to, to jump back again one second, it's not like I want to make it lucrative. It's just like I want to keep doing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, uh, but that's a good question. That's fair. What's yeah, up? Dude, I was just thinking that's like if you like take a step back, you've been doing something with fashion for like the past 15 years. Like, yeah. when did it start with typewriters? Was that like 2005? <laughs> uh, yeah, 2006. It's crazy. Yeah, that's you know, weird. so it's not I like mean, it was like overnight yeah i remember i did think at one point because like everyone was doing blogs and this is like to that you know 2007 2008 and like blogs were popping a continuous lean starting and blowing up and it's huge in the new york times um and i was like oh i bet i could get real traffic and i could um i could like i could do something good and i could sell ad space and at the time i, I don't like no one really had like dynamic ads at the on the internet like people just had like a standard like banner and so you would buy like that spot and you were, you were selling impressions, which is so funny when you think about like how digital ad sales and stuff have evolved over the years. Like no one really buys like impressions, you know, like or hits. Um, but one like kind of throwback that's there was a site. Um, uh, so there's a guy named Corey Ollendorf who runs a killer site called Valet. Shout out Corey. What's up? And uh, who's also a St. Louis boy. But um, <laughs> anyway. Um, occasionally he would feature like me or Lawrence Schwassman who was doing sartorially inclined at the time. And then a few other, a few other blogs. He did how to talk to girls at parties, the Tumblr and valet would have this thing called the morning report. And they would feature, you know, like four or five like articles and stuff around the internet. And occasionally when I had start with typewriters, he would feature, you know, some article or something I did. And I would wake up and I would see all these like hits you know, and I would have like, to be honest, like thousands of visitors from Valet. And, you know, it's also why Valet will always have a very close and, and dear spot to my heart. Uh, shout out, Corey. I love you, man. Anyway, next question. We love you, Corey. <laughs> um, so we did the, oh, okay, yes. Uh, next question. First memorable piece of clothing you bought? Um... Probably a birdhouse t-shirt that I bought at Splash in the St. Louis Galleria um, many, many, many years ago. Um, I think I, I didn't, you know, I was, I don't know how other people grew up, but like my parents were like, oh, cool. If you want clothes, here's the clothes that we can get you. You know, this is what we can afford. Um, but I wanted other clothes i wanted different clothes and my mom would always be like that's too much money because i think the birdhouse t-shirt was twenty dollars and i was like twenty dollars for a t-shirt no way no way and so i i don't know i was like had a snow shoveling business or something really stupid at that time but i i got that money and i remember going to splash and going to get this blue birdhouse t-shirt and i thought i was so cool and then i came back like a week later and i bought an alien workshop t-shirt which was sick it was so <laughs> Those sick were cool yeah i <laughs> know um but yeah that, that's probably like the most memorable i think like i don't you know if if you ever like buy something yourself 
And it's because you like worked for it and, you know, whether it's a watch or socks or anything, you know, it could be a couch. Um, it just feels good to do something that you earned. And, you know, I don't know, I was 12, 13. I felt like a G, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, I had a, it reminded me, I had a silver chair, frog stomp. Oh, t-shirt. shout out silver chair. Dude, I love that shirt. And I, I shoveled driveways myself. and. <laughs> <laughs> I would wear that shirt on a good week three times a week oh, in seventh so grade. Good. I was like, let me just wash it again. Let me just turn it inside out. It's still cool. That's a banger album too, by the way. Silver Chairs Frog Stomp. <laughs> it's pretty great. That's a great album. <laughs> <laughs> listen to that while you listen to this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was a fun question. <laughs> All right. uh, the best clothing. Uh, best customer service experience story to share. The... That's kind of weird. Sorry, I don't mean to throw shade at you. Um, I'm, I don't know. I mean, uh, this is awkward. It's like college radio dead air. I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, I, I think the best service is probably when I was younger, my dad's friend had a shoe store called Wild Pair. And yeah, Wild Pair. Wild Pair. Wild Pair, yeah. <laughs> and um, I think... It was cool because I remember I was really interested in these like shoes, you know, I was really young and he just treated me like an adult. I mean, and I I don't want to say like an adult adult, but like I was treated as someone who could buy, you know, um, it's not like there was like a pretty woman moment. (laughs) (laughs) You missed out. Yeah. You missed out on this sale. Um, All the air walks. Yeah. But I think just the best customer service I've ever received is just when people communicate with you like you're human. You know, I mean, obviously everyone that goes into a store may not be able to afford everything, but people are still, they're going to the store because they're interested in learning about it. And I think that's, to me, that's always the best. And seeing, you know, uh, Mr. Cuevas, shout out, I don't know, wherever you are, um, treating me like an adult who was, you know, interested in, and I remember my dad bought these boots that were not boots. They were like, they looked like cut off cowboy boots. So they were like kind of like a chucka boot, but it, it literally looked like a raw edge. So, you know, if, cause you know, my dad was wearing like boot cut jeans or something at the time. And so it would cover the rest of the boot. And, you know, but if you lifted up the jean, it was like an ankle. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out wild pair. <laughs> you get, you get, a, get a full boot on half the budget. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right, next question. <laughs> yeah, Wild Pair, what a great name. Yeah, right? Someone should start a podcast called Wild Pair. Wild Pair, it's, a, it's about Texas Hold'em. Sartorial <laughs> S- Pet Peeves. Sartorial Pet Peeves. Uh, I back out of this question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to politely pass because I, as a younger person, even though I'm not old, um, I would always probably make fun of somebody else's look in my head to feel better about what I was doing. Little did I know that, you know, and this has happened tons of times with me on the internet, from emails, from even now, like people like send me kind of obnoxious stuff occasionally. Um, it's, it doesn't feel good to, to be, you know, like made fun of or not liked um, by something. And I'm not trying to get all sentimental, but there are people who dress certain ways and it's probably not the same way that I would dress, but the fact that they feel good into it, I'm just like, go for it. That's awesome. Um, As long as no one is wearing something that is like intentionally offensive, like, I don't know, not to get all political or something, but maybe they're wearing like a Nazis rules shirt or something. I don't know. But just like something that's like, that's probably not a good idea. Uh, Kardashian t-shirt? No, sure. Kim Kardashian's fine, I guess, even though I'm not a fan of her, but uh, God bless her. Um, Yeah, I don't know. So I apologize for not really answering, but like, I don't know. I I, I like clothes that fit. I'll just leave it at that. You know, some people like to wear clothes that don't fit, but maybe that's how it does fit. Maybe fits, fits in relative oh my gosh yeah okay i don't know all right next question <laughs> I, I appreciate that about you man that was a very nice mature answer to that <laughs> yeah you can tell actually a lot of these uh i was not prepared for so <laughs> go go ahead all right um oh here we go all right what is your dream watch dream watch patek philippe nautilus 3700 uh i actually wore it on my wrist the other day hanging out with eric wind um I've wanted this watch for a super, super long time. 
uh, I will be very honest. At, I w- at one at no point in my life will I ever be able to truly afford one. That's why it'll be a dream watch. Um, if you're not familiar, Patek Philippe, I mean, they're kind of like the best of the best. But the Nautilus was this. You know, it's still around. It's but it's in the form of a 5711, um, designed by Gerald Genta. This amazing. You know, I mean, he he made tons of stuff. He did other watches and stuff like that too. But you know, shout out Royal Oak AP. But um, the 3700 was the first you know, the, the jumbo of the Royal Oak and, you know, first series. And I remember at one point, uh, I was with Ben Clymer of Houdinki and this is like way in the early days. I think he had just gotten the WeWork and it was like him and Steven. And I, we were chatting back and forth about Roy, uh, not Royal Oak, sorry, about a Patek Fleet Nautilus and an opportunity came up to get one. And I remember he had told me, he was like, there was a guy who was basically redoing his kitchen and he had a um, first series, Patek Philippe, Nautilus, 3700 with box and papers. And just so you know, like Herm, I'll just like put this out there to, to color the situation. Um, the cork box that, uh, that the Nautilus would come in because it, the Nautilus was like, you know, like the dive, not diving watch, but it was, you know, nautical, hence the name. Um, it was in a cork, like a waterproof box type thing bravo yeah yeah and um that box if you want to find one even though there's lots of fakes out there the box is like thousands and thousands of dollars for the box just the box amazing yeah well because like you know if you get the whole set yeah it's like a basic together yeah um but this guy had everything and i think the amount of money he wanted and i don't know if ben is listening to this probably probably not but like it I think he, he wanted like 13000 for it. And if you think about how much that the watch that I was wearing yesterday, I think it was like over 100000 So it's like if I would have bought that, you know, I mean, obviously I don't have that and still don't have $13,000 to buy a watch or anything. But um, yeah, that it's, it's pretty crazy when you think about how much watches have just blown up over the years. But yeah, it would be my dream to get one of those. I'll never get one. That's okay. That's why it's a dream. I, I still got great watches. I'm very thankful. I'm blessed. But yeah, that's it. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather have that that watch or that seventy thousand dollar camel coat? No, or a Vicuña coat. Vicuña coat. Uh, geez, we'll watch. Yeah, nice. Yeah, because you can't wear a coat every day. You can wear a watch every day. If you had that coat, would you move to a colder place just so you could wear it more often? Probably not. I don't think I would ever wear it because I would just feel bad. That's true. Yeah. I mean, Vicuña is dope. And, and, it's like, and it's not like if you see someone walking down the street, you're like, oh, that guy's wearing Vicuña. I mean, it is kind of like a subtle flex fabric. <laughs> but um, I love subtle flex fabric. That's dope. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, dude, definitely the watch. Next question. <laughs> That's a great one, though. Uh, suede calf or cordovan? Suede. Chocolate suede. Forever. Um, yeah, I assume they're referring to shoes. But, yeah. Always. Chocolate suede. Forever. I love suede. Yeah. That's Amen. Really nice. Next question. This one I was kind of looking forward to. I never asked, how was it going full Rick Owens? Oh, that's funny. Um, so, at one point... I, so first off, to sidebar real quick, I pride myself on experimenting a lot with my look and appearance over the years to try to figure out what works for me. And I wore, at one point, I wore a lot of ninja clothes. And I'm not throwing shots or anything, but I remember wearing a lot of Rick and a lot of Boris and even like A1923 and ccp carol christian pole a lot of these like super weird like like people describe as like ninja clothes um and this is you know long time ago and i was like i thought i was like pretty cool and i had a lot of friends who would like friends that are like you know i'm friends with to this day who would kind of make fun of me but i wouldn't like whenever i go into something unfortunately i go like way into it (laughs) so yeah i was basically head to toe rick owens a lot or head to toe boris um that was fun, I guess. But like, at the end of the day, I think you got to wear like what makes you feel confident and what I think is like a reflection of who you are. And at that time, I did feel good wearing Rick Owens. But, you know, I mean, I was wearing a, like a kilted sweatpant. So it looked like I was wearing a skirt, like a, a Rolando McLean, like Raiders jersey and weird yes, yeah you remember that I yeah remember that um yeah because Herm, i was living with you at that time no actually was it yeah i remember or no 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 i just, moved, just out. moved out i just moved here yeah 
yeah. what, what, the reason that one like sticks with me is because when when we were living together uptown, you were like, I remember you being really into like tailored suits. Yeah, and it was the first time in my world with like the the short ankle. Oh yeah, the, the Tom Brown stuff. So anyway, so then you know I didn't see you for like a couple of weeks, and then you were like into into those clothes, and I was like, oh, my, it like it's like a glass of cold water right in the face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I that was that's probably the only stuff I've ever worn into which like I would walk into a room and people would be like, what the heck is that guy wearing? Um, Cause yeah, I mean, I did like full kit and caboodle, um, but you know, I don't regret it. It was awesome. I still, I still think Rick Owens is like probably one of the greatest designers out there. And that's definitely his look. And I know a lot of other people like Chris Wallace of Mr. Porter is like a dope dude who wears a lot of Rick, but like, you know, he doesn't wear it like head to toe. Like, it's it's he has like a good mixture of like wearing Rick Owens and like other stuff in his style. I mean, that's that's good. I just I don't think I've ever learned how to do that that well until maybe like now as an adult, which like I'm okay to wear this brand or this brand or this brand because like at the end of the day I just want to look, you know, like myself or normal. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Great question though. Uh, yeah. yeah, that stuff is cool, man. I like it. It was just <laughs> funny because we were, you know, when I knew it was Pringles of Scotland and the Tom Brown, and all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was that was an interesting time. You ready for the next question? Yeah, what do we got? Most harebrained business idea. The pizza in a cup. Yeah. That's I would say pizza in a cup versus cup of pizza. Cup of pizza. That's they it. ran the old cup of pizza out of business. <laughs> <That was it. laughs> uh I don't know. I don't I don't think I mean I, I had anything like that. Um I would say probably the most harebrained business idea was how do I make a living off of a podcast? Uh, shots fired against myself. <laughs> um, all right, next question. Don't miss the new CBS All Access original series, The Twilight Zone. Yes, it's finally here with Academy Award winner Jordan Peele and a role made famous by the classic series creator Rod Serling. The mind bending reimagining will take you through the genres of sci fi horror, and fantasy to explore humanity's hopes, fears, and ways you never thought possible. Until now. When I first heard they were bringing this show back, I nearly lost it. The original Twilight Zone is one of my favorite shows of all time, and I will happily admit I've seen all 156 episodes multiple times. I even forced myself to learn the song on guitar, you know, the theme song? Yeah, I was that kid, but man, I was dope. Jordan Peele is on fire right now, and I am so stoked that he's bringing back Twilight Zone. I can't wait to see the turns and twists he's going to throw at me, and I won't lie, it's going to be awesome to see their take on it for the modern age. This all-star cast includes Seth Rogen, Adam Scott, Kumail Nanjiani, and more, exclusively on CBS All Access. Crossover into another dimension, visit cbs.com forward slash blammo to redeem your free trial today. That's cbs.com forward slash blammo to redeem your free trial of CBS All Access. Have you ever met a true personal hero? And if so, were you disappointed or inspired? Okay. I've met, from different careers that I've had, I've gotten to meet a lot of amazing and fun people. It's not a brag. Um, And one of the people I met was uh tom york of radiohead and you know i I would say if when i meet people especially at the age that i was at i had this you you have this idea of who this person is in your head based off all the other experiences that you may have had that involve that person usually indirectly right so like for an example, I mean, when I first met Michael Williams and you can listen to the Michael Williams podcast on how like I kind of like thought I was going to meet him and we were going to become best friends and he was like busy and you know and I was an idiot to be honest but I I thought that like oh man me and Michael Williams like I'm going to just meet him we're going to be buddies and it's like no like these people have lives they have their own stuff going on their day-to-day changes but I met Tom York of Radiohead and I thought that like I could talk about a certain thing that he liked and he might think I was cool and then you know what and obviously like the grand thing in your head is he'd be like hey mate do you want to come and play in Radiohead we need a guitar player one night and I'd be like oh okay sure uh, I mean right I mean it's, it's like everyone's wildest fantasy it's like you're playing with Johnny Greenwood in Radiohead 
but I think he was really busy, and I'll just leave it at that. And he, it, it wasn't the interaction that I wanted, and I remember I felt, like, so stupid. Like, you know, like, if you ever approach anyone and you want to just say something and you, you just have the idea in your head already. Like, you've already, you think you've seen the future, and you didn't. You didn't see the future at all, and it's the opposite. And, yeah, so I met him, and it was, uh, it was a bummer. Um, but you know, I still love Radiohead. I still love Tom York. I assume he was just having a bad day. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that was a bummer. But there's been other people I've met that you actually like think, you know, I remember I met Thurston Moore of Sonic Youth. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Uh, this is when I was at Matador and he was super cool. He was super cool. He's a really nice dude. And I, you know, I don't, this is not to make fun of or throw shade at any musician or anything, but like I've gotten to meet other musicians and sometimes they're just busy. Right. And then other times, you know, they're, they're not, and they're really warm and they're thankful and they're receptive. Like, and this is, I would say the contrast of this, you know, like meeting Thurston Moore was awesome. And I'd love Sonic Youth. And he was, he just seemed interested, you know, like it's, it's all in eye contact, right? Like if I feel like even if you're not interested, but you look someone in the eye, they think you're interested. <laughs> and so, I don't know. It was cool. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I still love... I'll, I'll stop saying I don't know. I'm just, I just got to own the fact that I didn't have a great experience with it. But I still love Radiohead. Can I add to that? Please. Have you ever met somebody that you were excited to meet and you were like, hey, I just wanted to say you're great. And then they wanted to keep the conversation going, but you were like, weren't expecting that? Never, unfortunately. I'm always the one who's like, continuing to talk oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're like uh okay great and i'm like so uh well what are you doing tonight <laughs> that uh, is true that is you man I can yeah unfortunately <laughs> no it's great quality it is a great quality next question <laughs> <laughs> all right this is a long one uh, okay here we go from all of your subjects, how would you summarize the importance of a traditional tertiary or graduate education in succeeding in the fashion world? Do you think the requirements of changing in step with the retail landscape? Oh, so do you think the requirements are changing with the step of the retail landscape? Okay. Um, so I first off, source for that. no, I'm you're sorry. fine. You're fine. That, so that question, um, was basically about more or less like the importance of having an education within the industry to participate in it. Um, so that's, that's a, that's a good question. Um, first off, I'm probably not the best person to answer it, but coming, you know, I, I don't know if, uh, if, if you listen to the episode, with Sam Lobin, where we kind of talk a little bit about education, and you know, Sam uh, didn't didn't finish college. I don't even think he went to college, but obviously, he's in an extremely prestigious position, and he's incredibly talented within his position. But I think the thing is, is it, it's not so much about like, at least for say fashion, uh, or maybe with to get even more micro like menswear, the aspect of that. I don't think anyone's ever really cared about the education that you've had for at least the roles that I've been around or what I've been involved with. But like, say you're going to be like the CFO of a company and you have no understanding of finance and no experience of finance, then that I can imagine that that comes into, you know, that that's important. Right. So I think this is, it's, it's kind of tough because I'm not telling people that they shouldn't have an education or that they, um, that they shouldn't pay attention to it. Cause I think obviously like there's a certain thing that happens within your, your education that helps you learn how to communicate more, how to be in a, how to be an adult, how to handle adult like situations that obviously happens in like that sort of time of your life. That's usually kind of coincides with um, higher learning, but I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it is just the experience and this sounds really tacky, but like to quote, other people that I've gotten to interact with, the number one thing that they care about is passion. So like, God, you know, everyone's like passion. That sounds so dumb, but it's the absolute truth. Like if you don't actually really care, if you don't love what you do, like listen to Michael Haney's pod. And he just talks about like, how bad do you want it? Like how, how much do you truly really love and embody this thing? It's not like, 
oh, you know what? You didn't go to Harvard, so it doesn't matter. It's like, no, this person cares so much. They're wanting to learn more about the business. They're super involved in the business. They they want to be a part of it. You know, they're seeking to learn more. They're, I think, you know, and all that just comes from passion. So it's interesting because I actually got a message the other day from like uh, a really nice guy who was like, you know, I work at Goldman and I'm considering, uh, you know, moving into fashion. Like what other things do you think I would need? And he was like, do you think I should, you know, start taking like maybe like a different class or like go get a master's and things like that? And it's like, well, if you're going to be, you know, like, do you want to be a fashion lawyer? Like then, yeah, you probably need a law degree. But if you're just going to, you know, I think all that stuff is really going to depend on like, what's your end goal and what do you want to do? So I, I, it's probably not like the best answer, but it's, I don't know if you don't have passion and like a true love and desire for like what you're going to do, that's probably the most important thing. Like you just, you got to have that. So I would say, no, it probably doesn't matter as much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, next, next question. Fashion lawyer. Yeah. Is it possible to create a full, a fully fledged lifestyle brand in 2019. Oh, dude, that's a great question. Um, yes, it is. I mean, what, what? I mean, here's a joke. Like, what do you think is a brand these days? Right? You like a really good Instagram account with strong visuals and like Ooh. a funny logo. So, yeah, it's totally possible. But it's like, is it is it possible to create a long standing successful brand in that day and age? I don't know. I mean, I think the thing that scares a lot of brands and a lot of companies right now, especially new ones who will get seed money is like, how long can we make this last? And if you think about like, what is the, the coolest stuff right now? It's all hype based, right? Like Nike will be fine, but like all these other brands, it's like, oh, you know what? Kanye wore you or LeBron James wore you or something like that. And you're super, super hot. But as soon as that person wears another brand, you're not hot anymore. So it's like, I mean, there's other, there's a ton of brands that I can mention right now, this very second, that no one cares about anymore. And like, what, you know, I I won't name them because I don't want people to start messing with me. But like, basically just look at all the brands that Kanye wore years and years ago. And are they still showing? Are they, do they have a big collection? Do they, do people buy them? Do you even remember their names? You know, like, that's tough. So yes, you can make a brand, but I think like any company now, if you're going to be new and you don't have a lot of authenticity or you don't have like a big story, you're basically just spending a ton of money in ads to prove to people that you're worth it. I don't know. It's, it's tough out there though. I definitely think it's really, really tough. Um, what's it, what's the next one? Oh, you have to like evolve with it too. Like, what, yeah, no, what, please go ahead. What were you saying? It reminds me of like Madonna. Like if Madonna kept singing like a virgin, nobody would be listening to her now. Well, yeah. Maybe they would, but. You just like evolve with the times, right? Yeah, no, you, I mean, you definitely have to evolve with the times, um, you know, and that's evolving to your customers and where your customers want to be. I mean, there are brands now that I know of who are like, yeah, we're going to start doing some stuff online, but they, you know, if you think about like some of the old, old, super, super prestigious brands, they don't really want to be the first to adapt. Like they don't, you know, imagine if... I'm just going to make up like brand X that everyone loved for a hundred years. Okay. Let's just say like Hermes and Hermes starts doing like in-store pickup, right? Like that's kind of not Hermes, right? Hermes is luxury. It's the experience. You come in, you, you work with a sales associate, you get the special box. They get to greet you. They actually get to upsell you and, and encourage you and then learn more about you. But like if Hermes had like a to-go window, I bet they would sell a ton of stuff because you could just go and pick it up and leave. But at the same time, like, is that really good? Mm, I got you. <laughs> I understand. I understand. So, I don't know. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> All right, next question. Yeah, yeah. All of your subjects share, to some extent, their journey to the present day, ups and downs included. Some breeze through, others discuss their challenges and difficulties in finding their place. Do you think mental health is an underlying issue in fashion that isn't as acknowledged in your industry as it should be? Holy cow. Heavy. That's from that's 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 a heavy heavy question. Um basically the the question is do I think mental health um is is an issue in fashion? Um Yeah. Well well here's the thing. First off, I'll be very honest and open. I've taken Lexapro and antidepressant for 8 9 years now. Um, I have horrible body image issues. Um, I weigh myself every day. I'm terrified of how I look. 
anytime someone makes a comment about my weight or my appearance, it messes with me for like a month at a time. I've seen a counselor over it. Um, is that anyone's fault? No, but I think I love an industry that is obsessed with image. So unfortunately, that has made up of how I feel about myself. And I think it also, this image-based industry, right, is also, you know, it, it's how we look at other people, right? I mean, you're judging someone by the clothes they're wearing, by, which is, to be honest, it's okay, but it's also really, really dangerous. And I think as humans and as we evolve, and I say this, you know, as a, a father of a little girl, um, no one, like my daughter doesn't know anyone being mean and she has no desire to be mean. She has no desire to judge anyone. All she wants to do is obviously like, you know, hang out and eat food and go outside. Like that's, that's her life. Now, obviously I, I would assume that, you know, she will evolve and change, but I think she's not aware of that. She's pretty or not pretty yet. And I think in fashion, it's true uh, mental health is like kind of like the hot thing to talk about right now. Uh, and which is good. Because I think people are trying to pay attention to that. I mean, you think about so like uh, Descartes of of Balmain way before Olivier, who was like this amazing designer. He's you know there's lots of tons of famous stories of or tons of stories of famous designers who had you know air quote like breakdowns or had to go to mental hospitals or had to you know take time off. And it's just like this entire industry is so grueling. You're basically constantly requesting judgment from others um in order to validate who you are and in order to validate your business and to sell so it's really hard and it's scary and it's dangerous and it's like but if you think about it like to take one step outside of this like little picture that I'm I'm trying to paint um would the industry be as exciting if people were just like I love you and you love me and you're great and you're great and you're great like yeah to a, to just a, a, an extent but i think people really love gossip and people love the fact that kim kardashian did some crazy thing or she did this or you know there's articles that people will write about kanye who gained weight or he lost weight and you know or a designer who had a breakdown and it's tough because i find myself wanting to read that stuff too because i just want to know and i care about these people um but not to talk myself into a corner it it's just it's tough. And I, I think we as an industry just have to be, and I don't like speak for the industry, but like as myself, like you have to be conscious of, of how this is going to affect that person. And you have no idea. Like there's people, there are people who have written me emails who have said like really nice things to me that I like rode that high for the entire week. And I felt so awesome, even though all these crazy things have happened. Right. And then there are people who have maybe just passive aggressively sent me a note and criticized something, and that's ruined my whole day. And so like, I think the thing is like, what, do I just need to be tougher? Um, does that brand need to be tougher? Does that, and it's like, I don't know. Uh, probably not. Like, can't, is there a better way to criticize um, or a better way to critique? Because obviously I think feedback and criticisms are a way that people can improve. But is there a way to do that that can not maybe attack someone personally and it's like you know like no whenever anyone does make that thing they don't know that the person like they don't know that I was teased when I was a little kid they don't know that people called me names or you know I got a wedgie once you know and it like really hurt and messed with me you know like no one knows about that stuff right <laughs> so it's do. like yeah well they do now <laughs> but it's just like you know so no one's gonna be like oh I didn't know but it's just like maybe if you always just assume that people have had challenging times in their life i don't know it's it's tough because to say this i'm also like trying to judge others by being like don't do that you know but meanwhile in my head i'm always like that guy stinks <laughs> <You know>? like <laughs> yes. that guy was really mean to me he stinks and it's like well maybe he had a bad day i don't know yeah mental health's important it's super important be nice to people <laughs> love one another man <laughs> yeah i i think this is the very last thing i'll say because i know that i'm talking a lot and we have a bunch of other stuff to to go through um it's just one thing that I've learned. It's a very fashion or any micro industry is incredibly small. 
And a lot of times you're judged by your reputation. Like I'm able to get people on the podcast sometimes because people are like, oh, I know Jeremy. He's a really nice guy. And that is the most, I'm more proud of that than anything. That that I I have never like publicly, you know, tried to call out or make fun of some person or try to be this type of, you know, obnoxious thing to to get someone to validate me or to get traction or to have you know or to air some podcast episode where someone like was really silly and I aired it anyway you know and to to get clicks or something like that like it's such a small industry and the nice guys I think are actually the ones who get referred for stuff versus the dude that said that thing I don't know I'll I'll step off my soapbox, but that's a really really good question and not something I expected to receive in an AMA where I'm talking about clothes. Um, <laughs> but fantastic. Next one. That was great. Yeah. Uh, next question. Think you'll do a tour of some sort? Uh oh, like a podcast tour? I'm assuming that's what it is. Um, that'd be fun. I've had like there's a few cities that like people have reached out to me and be like, hey, you should come here and you should come here and come here. But I don't think it would ever be like like a blammo tour, like my favorite murder or any of those like podcasts who are able to go and like go out on the road and sell out dates. Um, but I, I'll definitely like, you know, I hope next year I'm going to do some stuff in LA. I'm going to do an event in LA. Um, I know the person that asked, they mentioned Nashville. Uh, it would be dope to go to Nashville at me. We'll, we'll come out there, but um, I heard it's a nice town. Nashville. Actually Nashville is great. I used to go to Nashville a lot as a kid. Cool. Yeah. It's a really good city. Um, anyway, but yeah, that would be awesome to do. I'm trying to do it. Uh, if I can get more than eight people to show up, <laughs> yeah. Uh, then then yeah, maybe it'll be worth it. Um, anyway, all right, next question. Let me know, man. I'll be your entourage. Yeah, yeah. Entourage. No, no pictures. <laughs> uh, next question is, do you ever see a podcast evolving? Oh, excuse me. Do you ever see a podcast evolving into something like a magazine or a book? I don't know if that's like referring to your podcast oh, or my podcast. podcast in general. Yeah. Uh, Real talk, I've got, I got a like book offer, someone who was like, hey, you had all these like great stories, we should put it into a book. Um, I think it would be fun to do, but I think my priority all the time is like to make a great podcast and to have, you know, if, if I had like a bunch of people that worked for me, it'd be cool to do that. Um, but a magazine, probably not. I don't know anything about magazines and there's a gajillion magazines who are way better, but I think a book would be fun. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if, if we're able to finish it, Shout out, editor. I know you're listening to this right now. Um, next question. Tales beyond the pod. T- Jeremy t- Kirkland story. Well, no. If anything, I think that, well, I, the concept is basically, I might have to edit this out now that I think of it, but the concept is, is like excerpts from the podcast and like life lessons from all these people. Oh, that'd yeah. be kind of cool. Like a, that'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be good. What are your thoughts on logos? We are in a logo heavy era. Do you see that continuing? What are my thoughts on logos? Um, logos are fine. I mean, I think the logo heavy era, they probably mean like streetwear, that a lot of streetwear is just like, you know, like what hoodies, right? I mean, a hoodie is a hoodie. And, but what it says is basically what makes it that hoodie, right? So I think logos are fine. I'm not anti it, but I don't, it's not really something I want to wear. Uh, you know, because there's a question, and we'll we'll skip this when it comes up. But this, I mean, I can answer. Someone asked me like how big my how big my Supreme collection is, and I will be totally honest with you. At one point, I had tons and tons of Supreme, and I have either given it away, or in some cases, I think I I sold some of it to pay for you know stuff for my daughter and things like that. Like it's it's just not I don't know. It's not me anymore. I would say something. It's not a bad brand. I mean, I love Supreme, but I, it's not really something that like I have the money or time to even like try to invest in or participate in. I would say I got the best like gut check when I was um I had the the Supreme Windstopper fleece from like a, a season or so ago. It says like Supreme all over it, right? It was like an orange uh, fleece, and I live near Brooklyn Tech High School, and I was walking my daughter in a stroller, and uh. I guess like kids were like in recess or something or I don't know, whatever. And, uh, these like kids came up to me and they were like, yo man, that's, that's so sick. And I looked at this, you know, young gentleman 
and he was head to toe in Supreme Box logos. Like just head to toe, hat, hoodie, socks, shoes. Uh, I mean, and and he like this like young guy just like loved my Supreme fleece, and I was like, oh man, like. I look like I'm on a struggle bus right now because I was like, you know, wearing this with this, you know, pushing my daughter. I was like, all right, time to dress like a dad. (laughs) Like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. So my Supreme collection is zero and I'm fine with logos, but I can't wear them really that much anymore because I'm, I'm a dad. I don't know. I just, I just don't care. Uh, That doesn't mean it's bad, but sorry. Next question. Did you post on fashion message boards when? Why did you stop? Has Instagram taken over? Uh, yes, I posted on fashion, fashion message boards. Uh, I used my favorite character name from the Goonies, which I won't use because I don't know if I ever said anything on, you know, 15 years ago or something like that. That was smart. That was stupid. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a favorite character from the Goonies uh, as my screen name. I posted a lot on Super Future and Style Forum. Stop, I stopped using it because people stopped being there. That's really, I mean, I didn't decide. It was just like the conversation didn't live there anymore. Um, I mean, style form is still great, but no one's really sitting there and like debating that stuff anymore because in a good way that more people have recognized like menswear and fashion and you can read that article on GQ and you can read that article in the New York Times now versus, or on Dye Workwear and things like that instead of just a message board. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not better than any of them, and I would never say that, but the best part is those conversations now exist in a larger area, which is kind of where I choose to be. And also, the last thing is, like, some of the people on those message boards really like to be hold their opinions very close to their, you know, like, feel very strongly about their opinions, I'll say that. And so, it's kind of weird, like, you could say that you dress a certain way, and someone would be like, that's wrong. And it's like, what do you mean that's wrong? You can, you can dress any way you want. Don't, it's not wrong. And it's like, oh, because it's not your tradition, that's fine, but it doesn't make it wrong. And that's so that it occasionally felt a little toxic. So I was like, yeah, pro- probably, probably best to pack it in. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, next question. Yeah, the internet, man. It's yeah, like, man. It's mean. It's, it's very mean. What should we be ready for when doing made-to-measure or alterations? Oh, dang. That's a real good question. Uh, what to be ready for if you're doing made-to-measure alterations? Um, well, first off, I mean, hopefully, if you're, if you're doing made-to-measure, basically, I mean, that's, you're getting a suit, right? So you're going to get a suit to make sure that it fits you. Um, made-to-measure, obviously, have a very strong idea of fabrics in your head already. Don't, don't make the, the mistakes that I made into which you are just like, oh, look at the swatch book. And because then you you look at all these different options. You're like, oh, man, I could look like this or I could look like this. Have the idea already in your head. So. If you don't have a navy suit, unfortunately, that's got to be your first purchase because it's going to be the most versatile thing and you'll wear it a lot. And if it fits you the best, you know, it's even better. Um, but yeah, have a strong idea of who you want to look like in, in those fabrics already. So like make your own little digital mood board. Um, and alterations, I mean, I would say the same thing. I mean, I, I don't, if you're with someone like the guys at like P. Johnson or like a bespoke tailor, that's going to give you, you know, and that has a style that you align to, say like Liverano or something like that. They already know how they're going to make their alterations. It's more or less like you don't even realize that you need it altered. They're just going to look at it and be like, okay, yeah, we're going to make those trousers shorter. We're going to make the rise higher. Um, but if you're going to go to a tailor, you got to give them, you got to be as specific as you can be and have a, and basically insist on what you want. Uh, there's a, dry cleaner down the street from my house and they do alterations and I'd brought some trousers in there and I was trying to get them hemmed and I was like oh can you make sure that there's no break and she's like no 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 you you should have a break and I was like no 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 I don't want a break and she's like but you should have one and I was like that's okay but like I'm I want to make sure that I'm paying for these alterations and I want to make sure there's no break and she was like okay fine and she did it and they're great and that's how I like them <laughs> um so yeah I mean having you just have to have everything already kind of illustrated in your mind or be with someone that you really, really trust and admire um, that's going to steer you in the right direction and listen to them. Don't, the number one thing, just don't do what I've done 
and you see all the swatch books and you're like, look at this weird fabric. Wouldn't I look so cool like this? And you get it and you put it on and you're like, uh oh, you look <laughs> like a clown, buddy. <laughs> uh, that's me. Anyway, that's a good question. What was your favorite item of clothing or accessory at these different ages? Oh, geez. 15, 20, 25, 30, and today. Okay. Um, age 15, favorite clothing, birdhouse shirt, for sure. Age 20, favorite clothing, Dior Homme jeans that I bought at Dior when I moved to New York. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were great. I still have them. 25 would be a... Um, Made-to-measure suit I gotten from Orazio Luciano, Navy suit. Age 30 would be this, uh, I, I probably would say like the, I had these two Brunello Cuccinelli cashmere sweaters, which are awesome. And today, I'm sorry to speed through these questions. I'm just trying to be conscious of time. Um, my favorite thing that I have today, I don't know, probably like, I mean, like the plug, like, a P. Johnson navy blue sport coat that you can just wear every day all the time. It's not, none of this stuff's sexy, but it's stuff that is super versatile and I wear it a lot. So that's a good question though. Dang. All right. That was a nice little trip down memory lane for you. <laughs> yeah. Next question. How big, oh, that's the Supreme one. Basically, I'll read it to you. How big is your Supreme collection and where are your glasses from? Oh, uh, yeah, I already said the Supreme collection's gone. Um, my glasses are from Naki Made, um, Naki and Mulkey. Uh, they, they, they're sold at the Armory. They have their own stuff. They do trunk shows all over the U.S. Um, I have like four or five pairs of Naki glasses that I wear. Um, they're great. I love Naki. I'm I mean, really looking at them right now. They are quite nice. Yeah, they're they're awesome. <laughs> no, I mean, I have to wear glasses and I can't wear contacts. So this is it. This is all you get. This is the money maker right That's here. That's it. So you shout only out. get one face. <laughs> shout, yeah, shout out Naki made. Um, all right. How big is your watch collection? I don't have a big watch collection. I sold most of my stuff. I only have like maybe four or five watches. Um, I have I have like a cool vintage Seiko. Uh, I have a Rolex that I basically beg borrowed in worked my butt off to try to earn um like a nomos tangente which is really great sold my speedmaster don't have that anymore i have an old tutor that i wear occasionally i have my dad's old elgin watch which is really cool it's worthless i mean it just like any watch collection you know it, it's really like it means a lot to me because all this stuff is like there's memories attached to it but it's not big i would say i have like maybe you know what four or five watches total um Nothing's really that special in it. Sorry. It's not it's not a great answer. I wish I could be like, I have an ultra rare super subatomic particle nano watch. People be like, What a nano watch? And then it's like blowing up all over the internet. Like, Jeremy had a nano watch. And it's like, nope. I just got some stuff that's special at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, that <laughs> you were so good with adjectives. <laughs> Sorry. Like, subatomic, awesomely nano. Yeah. Uh all right. That's a good answer to that question. That's what they wanted to know. What's in your collection? Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's nice. Come check it out. <laughs> yeah. Last question. All right. You ready for this? Let's do it. Last question is, who or what are your biggest style inspirations? Style inspirations. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. Everyone loves Steve McQueen, Paul Newman, Fred Astaire, all those cool dudes. Uh... I don't, that's tough. I would say like, I mean, it's, it's a silly question, but like those guys, I mean, someone like Jeff Hilliard is a good friend of mine. He has a really good style. Um, I always like what he wears cause he wears like very like adult type clothes, but you know, occasionally he'll have like some sort of military thing mixed in. Um, you know, I mean, you wear really cool stuff. You always wear like, you know, like bright patterns and lots of stuff mixed together. I mean, all my friends, like basically anyone that I follow or interact with in real life, I admire them not because of who they are as a person, but also because of how they look. Like, I think, you know, I mean, folks like Ben Clymer, he's always like really good at all the earth tones, all the guys at P. Johnson, like Patrick Johnson himself always looks dope with, you know, all the very like simple minimalistic outfits that he wears. People like Agesh, 
who runs Stofa. I mean, he has an amazing taste. Um, you know, Antonio Changoli, one of my good friends, he has incredible style. I mean, he's doing 18 East right now and is, you know, it's a super like in the best possible way, like some cool bohemian type stuff. I don't know. I feel like I don't think that there's any one singular person in my head that I think about. And I'm like, that's who I want to look like. Like all of these dudes look cool. And when I see that, it helps keep me inspired and make me want to present myself, you know, in a, in a positive way. I hope that's good. I don't know. I feel, I feel like we got it. What do you think? What do you think, Herm? We get it? Yeah. Thanks for including me in your style inspiration. No, that's I mean, nice. Look, what, you're wearing socks that have dinosaurs on them. No, no, no. They say dino snore because <laughs> he's sleeping. That's cute, right? Thanks, folks. I'll chat with you soon. Later. Bye. You've been listening to Blamo. As always, our theme music is by Tan Lines. If you like the show, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow along with us on Instagram at Blamo Podcast or email us at info at blamopod.com. If you're super hardcore and you want to chat with other friends of the pod, join our Slack group and send us an email saying, hey, I want to join the Slack and we'll get you in. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.